that's just like your opinion, dude. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, there's the giggle glory. You can feel that little bubble. You got a happy god inside your belly. There is a happy god inside the believer's spirit. You know, part of believing is believing in others. People miss that sometimes. You gotta believe in Christ inside believers' spirits. The reason why there's competition and envy every, everywhere and most ministers are so insecure about losing their ministry and their people to other ministries is because they don't believe in Christ inside other brothers and sisters' spirits. So what they do is they resort to magic arts which is using the knowledge of good and a lot of times evil to control the soul realm. It can't even control the spirit. What it does is it buries the spirit under lies and magic arts. And when you're insecure in ministry, because I often deal with a lot of that from attack from other ministries, it's quite insane. Even former interns and their families, we've seen it all hundreds and hundreds of times. And I always ask, I only wanted success for their spirit. I genuinely want the absolute maximum success for every believer's spirit. Why do they turn so ferociously to try to destroy me? This has happened hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's always kind of a mystery when you're literally loving people perfectly. You have no agenda other than to build up their spirit to be successful in Christ and the kingdom. That has been the intentions of my heart towards everyone since the very beginning. So why would anybody turn against that? It is because a fear, there's a fear of authority that's unhealthy that says because someone is great in the kingdom, I'll never be great in the kingdom. And so it's this inferiority. It's a it's a poverty mentality. It's an orphan mentality. There's envy and strife and it's soulishness and it's going into the enemy, which is really just remaining in your soul, to try to protect the measure of the blessedness that you've been given from God. And most ministers will sin in this area as they grow in the Lord, where they just don't understand heaven very accurately and how there's just more than enough for everyone in that realm. Because they themselves haven't experienced that because they've experienced apostolic authority and it scares them that they might lose all their people to the apostolic anointing. You deal with that. That's what Joseph had on his life. It was an apostolic anointing. And his brothers had a lesser apostolic anointing because the calling and destiny on Joseph was bigger and greater. But it was for their salvation and for their blessedness, but they still attacked it because of a soulish poverty and orphan mentality. You'll deal with this constantly in Christianity. You gotta just get the revelation right now because you've already probably dealt with it dozens of times. 
It's the soulish nature to guard and protect instead of just having open arms. You don't get maturity automatically. That is very costly. It costs you the cross. It costs you not knowing if you're going to get more. <laughs> it costs you greed. It costs you the, there's a lust for souls that's unhealthy. For, num for numbers, for just advertising. They call it, you know, what are they, sheep trading? Or <laughs> they just trade on sheep sheds from church to church. Whoever's got the best light show and sound system and smoke machine, parking lot and amenities. You know, whoever's got the nicest junk, then we just go to that church because it's the most hip and cool and we want to be trendy because we're into appearances. Yeah, they got the coffee shop with the Italian espresso machine in Ferrari red. Gloss red. You have that in there and it's got that fancy Italian name. Oh man, you know your church is better than the church down the street. They can't even pronounce that fancy Italian name. And that's how it is when we're carnal and we're immature and the issue is everyone is. The only one mature I've ever seen is the Holy Ghost down here. Some people get burned up by him. Crucified with him. Crucified with Christ. Christ is the Holy Spirit. And the ones that do share in the maturity of Jesus. Issue is you deal with wrongdoing in the soul constantly. But there is righteousness in the spirit. There is a constant fountain. There is a faithful fountain of the maturity of Jesus that we're learning to tap into. A lot of you are astonished by the persecution that we endure. But Romans 8... This is the verse of the day. Well, actually, got two verses of the day. All right, double portion today. This is Romans eight seventeen, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs with Christ, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Now listen to this part. This is the juicy meat. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. We have to share his suffering if we are to share his glory. So what you guys are experiencing out there participating in different measures with this apostleship is suffering for his glory. And what's the cause of our suffering? Ask Joseph. Mostly jealous brothers. Mostly jealous brothers and some jealous sisters, but it's mostly jealous brothers that are the heads of ministries. Envious I wish I had that ministry. I got, you got a BMW, you got a Porsche. You got a, that microphone so expensive that could feed a whole village in Africa. What did Jesus say? You always had the poor with you, demon. 
but you won't always have me, which means it's an honor to the apostolic anointing. And if you don't honor the apostolic anointing, you don't even love the poor, Jesus said. Hallelujah. It's more important to honor the apostolic anointing than to give to the poor. Oh, silent, you feel that one drop like a bunch of bricks? Because the religious spirit likes works, but the religious spirit has no honor for the anointing and the authority of Christ. No honor at all. It's independent of the whole ranking system of the kingdom of heaven. And it is a religion. And you know what you deal with? You deal with... I'll just let that fizzle in there. Sizzle into your brains and your eyeballs and your ears. You deal with a lot of stuff. You deal with an understanding of suffering love to live in the glory realm. And some people have paid that price daily. That's what the dying daily is, that it don't matter what the damned and the dead and the, the Antichrist, what's Antichrist? Anti-apostolic. You know, Antichrist in the scriptures is anti-apostolic in the scriptures. So you know who's Antichrist if they're anti-me. Truth anyhow. It, it couldn't be more obvious. You could feel the air just pop as I said that. You could feel a pop in the air. Because it's the truth anyhow. <laughs> and we're here for all the apostles in the whole world. All of them. I mean, I'm your biggest fan. I'll do anything to mature you in apostolic anointing. As Christ the Apostle and my encounter with Apostle John today did everything for me. So the measure your love from heaven is the measure you can pour it out in your brothers and sisters. And it's a suffering love because you'll deal with the soul realm that only has goat in it. It only has badger and it. it only has animal in it. It only has envy and strife in it. They don't really know the love of God. It's a competition out there. It is. Because they don't trust. Now this is what the Holy Spirit is dealing with. A trust to get rid of the competition in Christianity. To just embrace the river of the blessedness of Jesus Christ towards your soul. The peace that passes understanding towards you. It's easy to look at someone who's been obedient for 30 years and be like, oh my God, they're so blessed. And that's my story. Because if you're obedient for the next 30 years to everything the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life, I'm, I'm certain you'll be a millionaire. Guaranteed. But you're going to have to be obedient. And you're going to have to learn. And there will be suffering for the glory. There will be betrayal if you're loyal to the Holy Spirit. Because no other spirit in the garden is loyal to Christ except the Holy Ghost. They all have their own agenda in mind, the Apostle Paul says. Very few have Christ's interests in mind. They work for themselves. Their ministry is for themselves. Not ours. We don't care about any of that. We care about Christ. And you can say that, but then pay the price to prove it with the fruitfulness, with the persecution, with the loss of family members, with the loss of everything you've seen that comes with paying the price 
for the prophetic anointing at that level. And the Lord was saying, you have to know the provision is there by the Spirit of God. See, if you don't believe in the Lord as your provider, you'll attack those who do. Because of a lack of faith, people with lesser faith attack those with greater faith. Because they're in a lack mentality and they don't know the Lord. They have an idea about them in their religious brain, but it's not an actual continuous experience of Jehovah Jireh. And that brings us to the verse of the day. And it's not even about finances, but that's part of it. It's about the mountain of the Lord. And my encounter today was with the mountain of the Lord and the Apostle John. And the Lord brought me to Genesis and showed me the mountain of the Lord. And I never knew that the mountain of the Lord is called the Lord your provider. Did you know that? Check this out. It's Genesis 22, 14. Uh, the font's so small I can barely read it from here. Yeah, Genesis 22, 14. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Wow. The mountain of the Lord has the provision that all the envy and strife is over. Ministers don't admit it, but it's it's about money. They betrayed and crucified Jesus because of their greed that Jesus was taking all the souls out of synagogue and instead of them giving money to the synagogue or to the church system of the Pharisees, they were giving it to Jesus to the point that he had to have a treasurer like a king and he's buying $120,000 outfits, which is called a seamless garment that they gambled over at the cross. That's why they killed him, guys, because of money. You know that's what the Bible says? That's the same reason why they killed Joseph in his mantle and the apostolic anointing that Joseph represents today. They won't admit it because it's such obvious sin, but in their hearts, it's about corralling the souls for their individual ministries for money. And whatever lifestyle they've built in their ministries, and I've dealt with it hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's the truth anyhow. Very few are free from controlling people in ministry. You deal with this in church, especially if you start to get drunk in the new wine. The drunken glory means that you're free in your inner man and can't be controlled by the magic arts. And if you don't think magic arts are in Christianity, they're mostly in Christianity. That's what's deceiving the whole world. The potent sorcery is magic arts that deceives all believers. Bible says all believers which means the soul part of you still has measures of deception in it. And you're not exempt from it. The only thing that makes you exempt from the magic arts, which is what religion is, Christian religion is magic arts. It's not the anointing. Now the spirit is Christ and the spirit is the Lord. And it's a totally different dimension than the magic of the control of the soul. Magic, by definition from the apostles in the New Testament, is an art that's practiced with natural light and the appearance of good and evil. That's mostly what you've known 
in Christianity up until coming into the mature prophets and apostles, which for many people is the introduction into this ministry. Sometimes there are other ministries. I was discipled by a dozen other ministries in order to come to this level. So it exists in anyone maturing in the one anointing of Jesus. You got to grow up out there and just be like, every other ministry is demonic except brethren ministries. It's not true. That's that's cultic. It's disgusting. It's creepy. It creeps me out. Don't say that stuff out there. You're just showing how immature you are. You need to be loyal to one kingdom. One kingdom. This isn't about me or Red Letter Ministries, although we play a big part in the kingdom. But it's about the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus has mature ones all over the place. And, you know, you can test them, share with them a Joel's bar. Some of them will like it. Some of them will weep and gnash their teeth. You'll know the devils. You know, the devils with skin on are the ones that are animating hatred towards us. The ones that are like, dang, that was actually pretty good. You'll find favor. There are people out there that don't hate our guts. But we're surrounded by the ones that hate our guts because Satan's main strategy is to shut down Christ's anointed ones in this generation. That's why the warfare is so severe around RLM. Because we're doing a lot of stuff in the leadership of the body of Christ. But other people out there that don't deal with front lines warfare, many of them are faithful to following the Holy Spirit. And the reason why, you just can't just say, it's just me and RLM. Because that that's really creepy. It's real it's really weird. It's really weird, man. Don't make yourself in a cult that we're not even in. Okay? Don't don't misrepresent me. It's foolish, it's immature. Represent the kingdom. Now the kingdom is the realm of the glory. The kingdom is the realm of light. The kingdom of, is the realm of the river and the realm of the word of God and the realm of the Holy Spirit and the realm of the cloud of witnesses and the realm of the holy angels. We need to be kingdom. And if you're not kingdom, you are cult. Cult is the, the soulishness outside kingdom. That's really what the whore of Babylon is. The whore of Babylon is soulishness that's protected by the ability of the soul that is the definition of magic arts. That's what we're at war against and some of that's in you guys and that's why we're ministering this to get it out of you. That you hear the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to be rock solid in kingdom Christianity. And some of you are, some of you are absolutely not. Some of you are just totally crazy and you're lucky you're not locked up right now. <laughs> they let you out. I'm out. What are you doing? You're going to try to mess things up with the confusion of your unrenewed mind. And so the pastoral nature comes in with the shepherd's crook and just beats Jezebel out of you. Not today. Just, what, Bob Ross with his paintbrush? Just beat the devil out of it. Talking about the woman. Just beat the devil out of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Supernaturally with the paintbrush of love. Thank you. Amen. And some of you are wounded from abuse. That's what will heal you. That's what heals people. I remember people saying, my dad used to flip me off. I used to have wounds from parental abuse and stuff, but when you flipped me off, Brandon, I was instantly healed from the trauma of my parents. Because when you do those things in the prophetic, you do it in love, 
and it shocks the soul and the goodness of God comes into the areas of wounds. That's why the prophets do crazy stuff in the Bible. It shocks the place where there's Satan in you through wounds and sin. And it's like, oh my God, God can reach me in that place. God can humble himself and come into a place that in our culture might be dark and taboo and be right there using the same outward form but comes in love. That's what prophecy is, dude. Get with it now. Grow in the prophetic. The Bible says that wisdom's dark speech. What about the speech of light? That's usually the religious devil. Dark speech means that you speak in the language of earth. You know what dark speech is? English. Truth or not? You guys ever speak English? No. Well, there's a dark speech in English. It's not always English. Because some people just speak out of the soul. That's not dark speech. Proverbs 1. Wisdom speaks in parables, riddles, and dark speech. It is written. There's a wisdom spoken amongst the mature that can speak the language of a bonics which is a swear word every three words. If you live in the ghetto, you know that. And there'll be joy on their face under the anointing. And you just don't understand because your culture has so ingrained your brain in the knowledge of good and evil. How can this person be anointed and still drop an F-bomb? Well, you'd be surprised that the Holy Ghost is not a religious demon. That actually shocks people. God's not an offended religious spirit. God is totally humble that goes into the places in society that are taboo. The Bible says God visited the earth, the valleys of the earth, the furrows of the earth, and intoxicated it. Intoxicate its valleys, its low places. I believe that's Psalm 36, which means he goes into the places in culture that are taboo called Nazareth. Out of Egypt I will raise my son. You think the Messiah will be coming out of Zion? They're going to come out of the temple. Rebuild the temple in Israel and come out of Zion. Exact opposite. That's the religious demon every time. The Messiah came out of Egypt, the Bible says. He'll come out of the appearance of the culture of hell, the Bible says. He's a sinner, of a friend of sinners. He's not a sinner. <laughs> He's a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Which means the appearance of the anointing is completely wrong. And they judged it wrong because they were in the appearance of good. What's the appearance of good? We're going after the curse of the fall in your skulls right now if you're not aware of it. <laughs> curse of the fall is the appearance of good only in the skull, in the eyeballs, in the brain. That's what the kingdom of hell is. That's what we wrestle against that deceives the whole world. That's the place of magic arts. The sorcerers of Egypt work in the knowledge of good. 
in light that's actually darkness, angels of light that deceive. You can't be more deceived than being a soulish Christian. It's called being bewitched. That's the maximum measure of deceived is have the New Testament in the soul. You're a solitarsist. Now you got to put it down into your spirit and get into the apostolic of Paul. Every single one of you. Paul says, I wish you were all like me except without these chains. He wishes you all were apostolic. That you'd come out of the soul, come into the spirit, and get delivered, get healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just take a minute just to chill out out there. So crazy. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to switch modes here. You need peace in your souls. The reason why there is just this anxiousness is the soul doesn't know the river very well. The soul is just in hiatus. The soul needs a baptism. The soul needs a greater crucifixion. I am for peace. When I speak, they are for war. What are you warring against? The soul. Magic arts in the soul. Had an encounter with Apostle John today and it just struck me down to my knees and began weeping. And uh, had an encounter with him on the mountain of the Lord and just saw his direct discipleship of my life for all these years. Remember, it was about 2009 or so, been ministering out of this house in North Minneapolis about a year and a half. And we had some pretty mystical drunks back then too. And this one was a seer. And he saw John come into the room as we were reading the Gospel of John. John's here in his Gospel, ministering out of his word for his inheritance. And I just treasured these things in my heart. You know, we weren't honored as apostles at all by anyone back then. It was just a lot of persecution and the drunken glory. Pretty much total dishonor from every direction, but honor from heaven. And that's usually the suffering for the glory for anyone that ever walks in any glory throughout the ages. Comes with the territory, so they say. And John's there ministering to us in the glory, and I just... What does this mean? What does this mean? It means that there is a discipleship from the cloud of witnesses of the mantling of these men that have gone before you in the tribe that you are currently in. You know what tribe this is? This is the part of the kingdom of John's lineage. We just, we just keep seeing John in the spirit discipling me and this ministry. Been showing up in the cloud of witnesses to the seers since 2008. I know he probably showed up before that, but that's when the seer prophets were around to see him. And we see in part, the Bible says. You know that these men in white linen are doing a lot more than the prophets are seeing. A lot more than you're seeing. A lot more than all the prophets together are seeing. Because of our level of maturity. I just want to encourage you with that today. Because 
A lot of you are not having those wild encounters, but it goes down the whole mountain. If you are a part of this ministry, you are getting the impartation from the Apostle John almost every day. If you are on this mountain that we're getting trained on, that we're getting discipled on, getting fathered by God on, helped by the angels on, this everything that happens to me is also happening to you. Do you realize that's how the kingdom works? Strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered? Well, if you don't strike the shepherd, what happens if you bless the shepherd? The sheep are blessed. It's the same principle, guys. You need to understand that, that the reason why people would submit to apostolic authority, not just Jesus, but to James, to John, to a Paul, Paul saying stuff in his scriptures that if you're not following me, you're going to hell. Pretty wild stuff. If you read the Bible, it's in Philippians 2 and 3, that if you stop following him, you're no longer following the Lord. You understand, first century apostolic Christianity is a lot different than 21st century American Christianity. It's, it's almost polar opposite. And you still got a lot of that in all of you. You do. And then we, we overreact into like this kind of human soulish loyalty that isn't the cross and that's why it's so up and down and schizophrenic because it's not real crucifixion. If you want to get loyal to the oil, you know the oil is the anointed one here, you ain't going to do it in the soul. You're going to do it by, by the cross through your soul. And if you have a cross, which means you're climbing the mountain, pick up your cross and follow me. Where are we going? Up the mountain. The mountain of the Lord. And on that mountain, if you have a cross and you're obedient to divine authority and you're submissive to divine authority on the mountain, not in the Egypt with sand and, and human Christianity, on the mountain with divine Christianity, then you will be provided for. Then and only then will you be blessed. Nothing's promised to you in the sand. That's the place of sin, sand castles, fake Christianity, envy, strife, competition, all sin, sorcery, witchcraft, divisions, and the fruits of the flesh. If you're in the sand, the devil do anything to you. You'd be lucky to live and not die of cancer if you're in the sand because you're not even in the kingdom yet. You take your cross given to you by Jesus Christ, <clears throat> get into some obedience, get on the mountain, there you find blessings. And as you climb this mountain, you'll get more and more promises and blessings, and you get more and more wise. This is the mountain of Father God's soul, if you didn't know it. This is Mount Zion. This is the mountain of the Lord. This is God the Father himself present in this world. You know the Bible says it? The throne of God's with men. Revelation says, God's throne ain't far from you. God's throne is near and in you. And his throne near and in you manifests his entire personality on the earth as it is in heaven. Blessed are the ones that discover that. That's called the mountain of the Lord. They're the only ones who've put their shoulder to the ark at all anyhow. There ain't any other ministry down here. You're not ministering heaven anywhere else. You're ministering human Christianity. That's to put it nicely, because what it is is diabolical sorcery. Christianity not on the mountain is total deception everywhere. Christianity on the mountain, that's the kingdom of heaven. 
That is what it's all about. That's the cream and butter. That's what you pay the price for, suffering on this mountain of suffering love. Because the ones not on the mountain that are enemies of the cross and yet Christian, a lot of Christians that are the enemies of the cross. The Bible says many believers, many have become the enemies of the cross, which is the enemy of the mountain of the soul and personality of God the Father, enemies of Zion. If you're not on Zion, the mountain of the Lord, with your crucified souls and your crucified crosses, you're only going to be out there building your own little sandcastles. Sandcastle Christianity, if you haven't noticed, they hate our guts. These people out there building in vain, you have to learn how to love unconditionally these brothers that are deceived building sandcastles. It's hard. You want to pray vengeance. You want to pray wrath. And sometimes you think it's justified. I tell you what, there is a mercy still that we're learning in the man-child company over our brothers like Joseph and his brothers. A mercy that we have yet to perfectly apply to those in the body of Christ that still horribly sin against us every day. If you knew how bad it is out there with these people, people message me, they'll send me every day. Do you realize this person saying that? Multiple people, it ain't one, it's dozens in all directions. You realize this person, oh, that's my former intern. Oh, that person's been arrested four times in the last month. This person's done, I mean, it's like, you listen to the stuff and you put your ear to the mouth of Satan. But because of the internet, you don't realize that this person just got out of jail, that this person has so thoroughly betrayed the minister, they used to be a part of the ministry. You usually don't know the history or the details. But what you can do is only listen to a good report. You're gonna have to apply this. It's easy to apply that to me because the enemy hates me so much because I hate him so much. It's really easy to do that in RLM, but you're going to have to do it with everyone. Because anyone that rises on this mountain, you're going to be hearing negativity about them. Because that's what gets you to slide down off the mountain is murdering your brother in the seed line of Cain. That's all the devil has. Cain is the murder of brothers and sisters in Christ. And even if you're born again, that seed can come into the soul. You see, I saw when I went to Bible college, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they put me on Good Morning Holy Spirit my first month as a believer. A glory cloud came into my room and I couldn't see 15 feet across the room. Reading it out loud, physical manifest cloud of Shekinah glory in the year 2000. And so God used Benny Hinn in a major way in my life. When I went into Bible college, all these Assemblies of God kids were hating and persecuting Benny Hinn, so severely slandering him, I couldn't believe it. It was astonishing the amount of hatred towards the anointing on Benny Hinn. They were faking being slain in the spirit, mocking it. I mean, just like the hordes of hell in these AG kids. And it was, I had to just guard my heart. You don't have the, you don't have revival experience. You have demon possession experience. My first roommate in Bible college started shaking in bed the first week in the dorms and manifesting so severely in the dorms that guttural tones started coming out of him. And I said, what is it? It's a spirit of homosexuality started speaking out of this guy, this young kid. 
I guess he'd already gotten picked up into some homosexual activity and the demon already had entry into his gate. Well, in Teen Challenge for two years, we've been driving demons out of people. We drive gay demons out of people. But drive straight demons out of people. I don't care what demon you have. When the glory cloud comes, it's gonna be ugly. And you're gonna choose this day deliverance and freedom or your sin and your false identity in the animal kingdom and this fool choose an identity in the animal kingdom he got expelled about a year later and was doing gay pride protests outside of Bible college pretty wild I think I'm still friends with him on Facebook I never stopped loving him I enjoyed the whole thing but it's sad you still love unconditionally when they choose the devil. That's usually what people do. They make mistakes. <laughs> A lot of you have chosen the devil multiple times and you've repented. That's why you're here. You've learned to be loyal to the Holy Spirit. Well, a lot of times in order to get loyal to the Holy Spirit, you have to betray him. Bob Jones says, I don't, I don't trust anyone in the body of Christ unless they've been betrayed a few times. Why? Because you've never been around the enemy. You never paid any price. There's no messianic glory in your life. You get into the glory, that stuff is attracted to you to shut you down and will use the ignorance and the sin and the souls of believers to attack you. It's just evidence you're on the right track. There's enough unsanctified believers out there that like Mr. Smith in the Matrix, they can just jump inside these vessels and do anything to you. And you're going to endure some stuff. That's the suffering for glory. <laughs> Romans 8, 17. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Oh. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. <laughs> what do you think the suffering is? <laughs> Having a cross. One of the greatest books I've read when, when I was a fresh born again believer. <laughs> was all about the three kings, Absalom, Saul, and David, and how David always chose mercy. He had a spear to Saul's neck. He cut a lock off his hair, could have decapitated him easily. He did that thousands of times, 10,000 times 10,000, the Bible says. It'd be nothing to just take the head of his enemy, but he didn't because he was being trained in a different kingdom. He could have, it would have been lawful, Saul had lost his salvation anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter. You kill a demon. Going to hell anyway, the Bible says it. But it wasn't about Saul. And it wasn't about anything else other than the integrity of David learning mercy. David was in a lesson learning those who had failed their lessons all around him not to make the same mistakes. You know, that's learning mercy. You have to grow in mercy. You have to grow in grace and mercy. The Bible says that the bride of Christ's marriage carriage is a carriage and a canopy of mercy and grace, which means you can't ascend the heights of the glory of God unless you're practicing mercy. Not practicing judgment, justice, or vengeance. When you're mistreated, mercy. Now this mercy come down in different ways. This mercy ain't human, so it's not just being nice to people that are sinning against you. It's not tolerating the persons of the wicked. Psalms 82 forbids all that. It's not destroying their souls, but still pouring out water on their souls while they're serving demons. While they're deceived. 
while they're hurting you. I mean, it takes a lot of love, like Jesus on the cross, to bless those that are cursing him as you're in pain, in the soul, in the flesh, in your senses, from their attacks towards you. I mean, today was, I could feel it in the mind dimension, in the brain realm. The people cursing us, the people slandering us, gossiping us, sinning with us in the magic arts, partnering with the fallen angels against us. I feel that stuff. I am so sensitive that I still feel the slanders of my brothers and sisters, and I never want to lose that. I'm not going to get callous just because they're cursing us. I'm going to grow in light, which is mercy, a throne in a mercy seat to extend the throne of the Lamb against their words and to learn how to devour the words in the second heavens and in the skyline so they don't kill themselves. You know how you're going to get a great inheritance. In the apostolic, you only get a great inheritance at these high levels of mercy in the second heavens. And that's really where we operate. The Bible says we wrestle principalities. Where are the principalities? In heavenly places. This is in the heavenly places. Practicing mercy is what shifts continents. It's what shifts cultures. It's what shifts society. It's what shifts governments. That's the apostolic is the practice of mercy. The tabernacle of David. What's David? Mercy. It's the mercy seat. It's the throne of Israel. Is it the throne of Jesus? Yes. And everyone who becomes like him by being trained in mercy. Now, you can't say grace because that's not accurate. Grace is the empowerment of the spirit, but it's only for obedience that you get grace. They're not growing in grace. You need mercy upon those not growing in grace. If they were growing in grace, you'd have favor with them. Grace means divine favor. But they don't favor us. They hate us. They slander us. They gossip about us. They do anything to lie about us and destroy our reputation publicly. There's no grace in that. So you can't practice grace. You have to practice mercy. Which is giving to them what they don't deserve, a covering of living waters. That's what makes you superior in the spirit over these people who are not yet sanctified. (laughs) Amen? And you have to practice that. That's what the 144,000 do. They practice mercy. Mercy is really the evidence that the divine nature is formed in you. Mercy at that level is Christ crucified, blood bleeding out everywhere, spear in his side, crown on his head guts pouring out his back and you're practicing mercy against sinners that's the evidence that you're a disciple of jesus christ (laughs) there are there is a time to just curse the bible says that curse this person if they're not given the gospel and they're a people pleaser galatians one we want to read about the curses yeah so you know we get into this happy clappy stuff and you already know all that by (laughs) conviction but you might need some revelation on the harder things of the gospel galatians 1 (laughs) paul an apostle special messenger appointed and commissioned and sent out not from anybody not from man (laughs) nor by or through man but by and through Jesus Christ the Messiah, the God and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace and spiritual blessing be to you and soul peace 
from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, who gave, yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us in order to rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order. <laughs> Hallelujah. In accordance with the will and purpose and plan of God the Father, to Him be ascribed all of the glory through all the ages of the ages and eternities of the eternities. Amen, so be it. I am surprised and astonished that you are so quickly turning renegade and deserting him who invited and called you by the grace unmerited favor of Christ the Messiah and that you are transferring your allegiance to a different even an opposition gospel an opposition gospel you see it everywhere guys not that there is or could be any other genuine gospel but there are obviously some who are troubling and disturbing and bewildering you with a different kind of teaching which they offer as a gospel and want to pervert and distort the gospel of Christ the Messiah into something which it absolutely is not. How many of y'all know it's religion? Religion. He wasn't worried about them getting drunk on wine like these freaking Pharisees out here. He wasn't worried about new wine revival. He wasn't worried about freedom in the oil of joy like these demon-possessed liars say. It was a gospel of soulish Christianity, of religion, that's the main thing that's destroyed the apostolic witness in this generation. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to and different from that which we preach to you, let him be accursed, anathema, just devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. <laughs> Is that going to happen to me? Probably happened to your demons, though. <laughs> and you'll be a lot happier afterwards when that eternal destruction happens to your soul. The part of you that can't be eternally destroyed grows in you. <laughs> Hello? That's how you increase in joy. Can you embrace eternal destruction? Yes. <laughs> That's called the judgment seat of Christ. If you embrace that right now, only the parts of Satan and sin and worldliness that everyone has, that's all that's going to be stripped out of you. Because you got Christ in your spirit that can't be destroyed a second time, the Bible says. It's a lack of embracing destruction that we have so much of the stuff in us that still can be destroyed. Do you understand that? Shake everything that can be shaken and we're like, well, don't destroy my soul. Well, if there's stuff in your soul that can be destroyed, you have sin in your soul. You realize that's what you deal with? That's where the lack of sanctification is. A person protecting their soul from the destruction that needs to come upon it. Listen, guys. What is a false gospel? It's the gospel of the soul and the gospel of men and women. Okay? That's what needs to be destroyed 
by the gospel of the spirit that can't be destroyed. It's the embrace of destruction. Now, all these fake hypocrites, they're scared of this stuff. They don't want that. They'll turn the broadcast off because they don't want to go through that test. Well, you can't go into the glory except through that test. On the other side of that test is the glory of God. Hello? You know, you're not going to get into the glory of God until you constantly embrace the death of Jesus and the destruction. How many of you know death means destruction? The destruction of Jesus in your souls. That's what you lack. You can't be constant in that which can't be destroyed until everything can be destroyed, is destroyed, thoroughly destroyed in your minds in your bones and marrow, in your flesh and DNA, in your hearts and your feelings. Most of you have yet to have the destruction of the Lamb. Remember he was destroyed, that's what salvation comes from. Without the destruction of Jesus, there's no salvation for anyone. That's why you just have a small part of his salvation, because you haven't been destroyed with him, crucified with him. You need the cross and the cross crucified re-preached all over again in a way that people understand. We like the idea of living in the glory, oh, living in the light. We love the idea of signs and wonders and gold and gemstones and oil from heaven and angel feathers. We love all the signs and wonders. I can't wait for 500 carat gemstone necklaces. People be looking like some kind of rap video around here. There's so many gemstones, we have to go to the auto body be like, can you put them all on my car? Just a gemstone car. I don't know how I'll, where else I'm gonna put them unless I just bejewel everything. We love that stuff. The issue is getting to the place where everything in your life that can be destroyed is already destroyed. Our deal is we still defend ourselves against the cross. And somehow the devil's deceived us as if that's what Christianity is. It's the blessing of the animal. It's the blessing of my soul. It's the destruction of the soul and the blessing of Christ in you, the glory, which is the soul of the Father, which is the mountain of the Lord. And that's the only place that your soul has any promise in the scripture for provision. The reason why these people have so much poverty is because of a lack of the cross and the work of the cross in their souls. If you don't let the cross destroy it, the blessing of Calvary, the resurrection and the life ain't going to work in your life. You'll be naming it, claiming it, blaming it, framing it, attacking the people that live in it, that are crucified by it, until it becomes your own destruction. You know, only through destruction is their unity of the brethren. I can't even, I don't even want to get into the diabolical nonsense out there of those that think there's unity in the soul realm. That's the kingdom of Satan. That's a kingdom divided and a hundred thousand different denominations. But there's only one Jerusalem in the spirit, the new Jerusalem. There's only one kingdom. There's only one cross that we get our crosses from that leads us to his cross, which is the throne of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But if you don't have a cross, you're not loyal to that throne. You got an idea. You can deceive everyone in magic arts like you're a kingdom Christian. That's what the charismatic witches do. Jezebel's warlocks today are all charismatic witches. <laughs> Bible says it's 950 to 1. 
You've encountered 950 charismatic sorcerers of Jezebel in Christianity, in prophetic Christianity, to one genuine servant of the Lamb in spirit and in truth. Those numbers are written in the Word, by the way. There's a book of numbers that's accurate. You can take that to the bank. It's 950 to 1. Which means it's rare to find a person that is loyal to the cross they've received from his cross. But that's the only production of disciples and mature believers real ministry ever does. That's how you get loyal to the kingdom and get out of all the soulish crap of human interpretation. Loose! Amen. Can taste the curses as black smoke coming against me as I'm preaching this right now. You know, people tune in and watch the broadcast and curse me with their demons throughout the whole broadcast. We used to let them into the front row of Joel's bar, be like Jeffrey Dahmer coming in on a stretcher with the face mask in here. Um, we're talking the worst charismatic witches I've ever seen in charismatic Christianity. Of course Satan wants entrance into that ministry. Look at Judas Iscariot, the son of perdition, the son of the devil. They want access into the ministry. And Jesus and the Father granted them access for the judgment of the kingdom of hell. To destroy principalities that go down in men, the Bible says. Those principalities went down into hell inside men's flesh and body. Look at the principality in Herod. Look at the principality in Judas. Look at the principality in Ananias and Sapphira. How do you wrestle principalities first in the spirit? Then it materializes in the natural. And in my experience and in the biblical prophecy, it takes down the human vessel at the same time. You say, oh, we got to love those people. We did. We did love those people. That's why they're getting so judged because love, true agape, the cross, is the judgment towards Satan and his sons. It's the wrath of the Lamb. If you get fortified in the cross and become a minister of the resurrection, that resurrection power totally annihilates everything that doesn't have life in it. You could just focus on life. We say death and the cross and destruction, but you're understanding the elements of the priesthood of the glory of God. Because our mind's not renewed, we go into the enemy's kingdom. None of this stuff has anything to do with the enemy. I'm talking about the works of Jesus. Jesus died. Jesus destroyed. The piercings of Jesus. These are the elements of the priesthood that we have in our souls, crucified with Christ. This is our victory towards all sinful opposition, all religious opposition. You know how you deal with the carnal mind and the mind of madness and the religious mind? Crown of thorns. Crucified in my mind. And I just let those spikes of the acacia tree drip fresh oil, drip new wine, <clears throat> living water pouring out of the forehead. Why? Because there's a spike of the crown of thorns piercing my forehead. Amen. You understand the piercings of Christ is how the glory of God gets out of you? Yeah. The Bible says the same thing. I bury my body the marks of Jesus. I pour out my spirit as a libation offering on the sacrifice of God. You understand how the river flows through crucifixion? Through piercings? Well, it's the truth anyhow. The reason why some of you don't walk in any anointing is because you're not pierced. 
You're resisting piercing. You think it's going to be painful. It's, all it's going to be painful is to your demons and your sin. And that's how you're going to get delivered, by getting crucified with the seven piercings of Christ. <laughs> Head, hands, leg, spear, whip, garden of Gethsemane. You know, the stations of the cross is diabolical as the Roman Catholic Church is, and it's bad. It's pretty ugly stuff. But there's wisdom there, too. You can redeem a lot of that stuff and that pagan Catholicism. There were mystics in Catholicism that walked so deep in the spirit they didn't even walk anymore. Joseph of Cupertino flying like an airplane. He's the patron saint of aviation because he flew physically so many times through the air. He had a gift of flying. A gift of flying. They called him the gaper. <laughs> He'd be so whacked in the anointing, his jaw dropped open, just drooling out the side of his mouth. They would punish him and discipline him often because of his raptures, his ecstasies. He'd come out, you know, they'd have problems, all the monks and stuff, and he'd just be flying around, and they'd punish him and discipline for it, embarrassing everyone. It was just a sovereign gift. Some of these gifts were dropped during the church age, like flying, a gift of flying. There's like 25 accounts of Joseph of Cupertino physically flying like 25 feet in the air patron saint of aviation the reason why these things happened because the father and he knew it'd blow up they knew the catholics write about it the cat you know they just magnify it come to my church we got a flying friar we got a guy who's so anointed that flies it was a big church now amen you got a flyer in your congregation people who come check it out yeah hallelujah we got golden people we got gemstone people they're coming they're coming to check it out. There's a lot of opposition of the enemy right now to get him distracted out there, but nothing can stop the river if you're not distracted. Amen. Nothing can stop a person whose eyes are fixed on Jesus. The glory keep increasing, the signs and wonders keep increasing, and you just keep going. Amen. And so these Catholics, they had a lot of good stuff. And they had a lot of bad stuff. They'd be building churches and burying the slaves in the walls as they build them, like the walls of Jericho. Selling indulgences. Buying the forgiveness of your sins with money. It don't get much more corrupt than that. That's about the pinnacle of stupid I've ever seen. And they're guilty. And no doubt, this Pope is an antichrist. Yeah, these, are, these are professionally trained Luciferians. The Jesuits are a branch of Freemasonry. It's a very diabolical order that fully embrace being fathered by religious angels. It's about as dark as it gets, guys. I know there's good people. I meet them all the time in the Catholic Church. People that make my spirit sing for joy. I've run into, run into glorious Catholics. I remember going to Mass because I went to Catholic school for nine years as a kid. I went, so we have to go to Mass every week. And I remember going to Mass. It was like second, third grade. I, I had forgotten this stuff because I got so buried in sin. But we'd be singing out of the hymn books, and I remember the anointing coming so strongly as my whole class would be singing these hymn books in Mass that it would be tingling head to toes in the glory. And it happened multiple times that we'd just be totally baptized in glory as kids at Catholic Church. So God has show up anywhere. He showed up at St. Charles Borromeo. I remember vividly later on after I got my conscience cleansed from all the dark arts and the drugs and the alcohol at age 18, be like, 
Whoa, the Holy Ghost was always there working on me, pouring out his glory on me since I was a little kid. And there was anointing on some of those songs. Some of those songs I still sing out of my spirit to this day. Where are you at the cross? Those old Catholic songs. And they're just freaking anointed. It's awesome. So I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm anti-anti-Christ. I'm anti-putting bones of saints and altars and practicing Jesuit sorcery. I'm anti-Jesuit. It's dark, dark, dark religious arts. The black pope and the white pope, the knowledge of good and evil. And it's as far down that rabbit hole as you want to go. You can't even imagine how evil it is. And the pedophilia, it's all true. The whole archdiocese of the Twin Cities of the Roman Catholic Church is bankrupt from like a thousand children molested in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. That the archdiocese, and this is decades ago, that they're completely bankrupt from all the paying out from the pedophile priests. We're talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases, and I'm sure if it's this bad in the Twin Cities, it's the same everywhere else. I mean, it's like a pedophilia network. It's a network of child molestation. Proven so severely in the courts that they've had to pay out millions and millions and millions of dollars. Just completely bankrupt, and eventually all religion will be bankrupt. We're not supposed to be in buildings made by human hands. That's just the beginning. That's the most corrupt part of Christianity under judgment. And the judgment was they had to cough up all the money that completely destroyed their system to the point of bankruptcy. That's what the first stages of judgment towards the religious devil in Minnesota were. And that's happened decades ago. So now there's greater judgment that the souls will come out of those atmospheres into atmospheres of grace and mercy and love and light by the deliverers of the end times. It will continue to increase in every part of society. Amen. And some of the stuff that is revelatory, like understanding the piercings and Catholicism does have an understanding of the stations of the cross. They try to turn it into a ritual, but I tell you what, man, the Holy Ghost brings me to those stations and says that's a priesthood tool. I don't go to the, the Catholic Church and study the 12 different stations of the cross and wear some beads on my neck. I don't get into rituals, I get into a revelation. The reason why the rituals are there, they're guarding valuable revelations. Rituals, the traditions of men that nullify the power of the Word of God, which means there are hidden treasures there. But you got to be spirit-led. Don't just go diving into this stuff. Now I'm going to study the Jesuit society. I'm going to get into the darkest religious order of the Antichrist. Go to the Holy See in the Vatican in Rome. You don't need to do that. You need to be spirit-led. If the spirit leads and the spirit teaches you, there's never any fear and there's never any paranoia. The exact opposite. Confidence and boldness like a roaring lion. Amen? The righteous one is as bold as a roaring lion, it is written. Not Satan roaring lion. Jesus Christ being formed in you by the teaching and training and equipping of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit will illuminate all kinds of stuff as you walk with Him along the way illuminating the Scriptures. He's going to reveal to you mysteries you can't even fathom. It'll be a progressive unveiling of everything called the wisdom of the ages. How many of y'all know wisdom is knowledge plus experience? 
Which means your knowledge will be like at a professor level. You'll be like professor of drunken glory, professor of new life, but also professor of the libraries of heaven. And you might look like a gangster. You might look like a prostitute still. But you're a professor of the books of heaven. In the book of life, you have so much wisdom. You, got, you can't judge books by the cover in this millennial Gen X generation. These Gen Zs. They're not going to be religious like their parents and their grandparents. It ain't going to happen, guys. They're not even programmed to do it. So a lot of you just need to lighten up and, and just repent out of your brains because you're hurting people by putting them in the religious crap that you think is holy, but it's false holiness. You just get out of the way and let them grow in the glory in their own sanctified way. I'm not saying, you know, being living lewd or living loose, but... There are aspects of understanding of being clothed in the glory that you don't sin with the eyes anymore. You don't sin with your flesh anymore because you're built up into certain realms. You look in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve weren't wearing clothes because they're clothed in the glory and they never sinned. Never sinned. We can't go into those realms. You'll be clothed because people get goofy and stupid and all that stuff. But as a parable for wisdom, you're going to have to touch these areas and just get over it. You're going to have to touch some of these sensitive areas where you're still wounded and get revelation poured into that place. You're not going to sin in those areas. You've already done that, and that's why you're fearful about going into those areas, because you're not completely healed. God's going to heal you to the place where you have an understanding of the Garden of Eden to heal a generation that is so wounded from sexual morality that you can actually reach them where they're at without being tainted by their lust and their immorality. There is an anointing on the apostolic in this generation to get them into the Garden of Eden and clothe them with the glory. Our job is to clothe people with light, real light, not the false light of the soul, the true light of the spirit, that you will clothe them with the spirit. But when you start to clothe them with the Holy Spirit, all kinds of other garments that they've been wearing will come off them. When you kill as a priest, that animal is naked before your eyes. The Bible says that all people are naked before God's eyes. Which means you're going to have to overcome lustly eyes to become a real priest. Because you're going to deal with stuff in these people out here that are so full of sin and lust. It will get in you and that's why you're in training most of you getting sanctified. Because you just have a religious covering right now which ain't real transformation. <laughs> It's a cop-out because you don't know what it's like to be actually healed in your mind to not be able to sin with your senses because that's the only grid you have from your past experiences. But there is a maturity of the priest that so we're cutting open the animals and these animals are messed up. How are you going to have a harvest without dirty stables, the Bible says. Now, how can you stay clean dealing with dirty animals every day? That's what the river of life does. That's what walking with the Father is. That you're beaming with the holiness of the Spirit of God in your heart and your mind and your eyeballs dealing with unclean animals. And you deal with animals differently, guys. There was different procedure for each animal that the Levites sacrificed to God at the altar. Some you'd cut the throat and bleed them out as birds. Some you cut them in half and burn them as two halves on an altar. All of this protocol is how you deal with different types of people from different backgrounds that come to Christ in you to be cleaned up by the gospel. That's what the fivefold does. 
It's the river of life. Now, how do we do it with these messed up people? Most of us still have the mess in us, so we attack them out of a religious spirit instead of cleaning them, and we fight our own harvest. Every minister is guilty of that, and yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me and you. This is the truth. Oftentimes, our fear causes our very problems that we haven't dealt with to be portrayed on others. Jesus called it hypocrites. And, you know, when you have a hypocrite in you, which is soul, it's always someone else. No! Until you deal with that in yourself, you're not going to minister accurately because it'll be some personal thing to you, some offense, something that has something to do with you and your soul and a lack of the cross in you. All of that has to be burned out of you people here tonight and those watching online to mature in a greater priesthood until Christ be fully formed in you. He ain't going to entrust you with much. You know, my success is based on Christ being formed in all of you. That's what Paul says in the Bible. That until you become mature priests in Christ, I am stuck being your servants. That's what the apostolic is. I don't have an inheritance until my people come into maturity. And if they don't come into maturity, I don't have an inheritance in Christ. That's why Jesus focused on 12. Because he had to bring them into a place of maturity. Otherwise, the kingdom can't be, can't be advanced. It has to go into elevations of maturity. Not lateral, flatteral Christianity. It's all fake. Vertical ascension through crucifixion. If I be lifted up in you, I will draw people to you. Well, when they're drawn to you, do you know how to clean them? Are you going to be offended because the same sins in them is in you as a mirror of a hypocrite? You know, there's a mirror that we see dimly as a reflection. You know what? Because there's still self in us. That's the dim reflection of the hypocrite of all of our souls. The soul is the hypocrite. And until the soul is destroyed, it's a dim reflection of a mirror. You're just seeing the same crap, crap in others that you have in yourself. Unless, of course, you don't have a self in you anymore. People say, that's not possible. That's the whole point of the cross. That's what salvation is. Amen. This is how you grow in Christ and mature in Christ, that yourself and your soul is a different person, not you. The pure in heart will see God. No more consciousness of self is the promised land. When you're no longer conscious of self, looking at self, a mirror of self, religion and unrighteous judgment is the mirror of the soul using the New Testament on the soul judging self-righteously and hypocritically. You know, that's how all these brothers and sisters sin against crucified ones every day. Because that's the automatic reaction of anyone who isn't slain in their soul. The soul is a mirror. Jesus Christ said the same thing. You'll have planks and specks in their eyes. Their automatic reaction will be unrighteous judgment. That's what the animal, the soul, the fallen man, the fallen woman will do that activity by default. Now, if you have wisdom and you've killed the beast, then that's not your reaction. Your reaction becomes the fruits of the spirit. Your reaction becomes wisdom. Your reaction becomes joy. When this type of preaching comes forth and you're actually crucified in your hearts and minds and have been obedient to the cross of Jesus Christ towards you and your soul and your mirror, and your glass, and your mind, and your eyes, and your heart, and your blood, then the preaching of the cross is triumphant joy. Amen. That's when you preach the cross against the mirror of the soul, 
It exposes those who have crosses. Wise virgins. What's wisdom? Crucified with Christ. Christ has been made wisdom unto us. And foolish virgins, which is a lot of believers that don't have a cross, that are only reacting out of the mirror to the soul. It's like pouring the things of God into a soul mirror. And now you try to put it on like external makeup. A lot of people do that. We put the gospel on as makeup in the mirror. That's not how you put the gospel on. That's false Christianity. You put the gospel on by the piercing of the soul. And until the piercings, the stations of the cross, the revelations of those realms of his passion and love towards man's soul. What was his love towards man's soul? Crucifying it. He used his servant body to take our sins to the cross. It is written. Crown of thorns, spear in the side, nails in his feet, nails in his hands, whip on the back, sweat and blood from the brow. All of these places where he bled out are the places now where the soul can get healed if those same exact piercings are applied to your souls by faith. Real faith is the application of the piercings of the passion of the Christ. Amen? Truth anyhow, we need an application of the piercing. We need nails. Bring out the nail angels. Bring out the spear angels. Today's Joe's Bar, a baptism of the spear in all your sides. Make sure blood and water pours out. That's the river of life pouring out of your spirit. You're not going to walk in the glory without it. Just forget about it. You'll walk in witchcraft. You'll walk in witchcraft until those piercings become your salvation in your brain, in your hand, in your feet, in your belly. Spear went right into the belly, punctured the belly, poured out his side, and on your whole backside, which is your spinal cord where your will is. The will has to be slain. Every part of you, head to toes, has to be slain with him. That's what living in the glory is. Every real mystic you study in church history was all about these piercings. They'll have pictures of being under the cross with a spear in his side, drinking it like wine in their mouths like that. And it, and it seems awfully gory. You know what that means? This is a person that has revelations of divine love. This is a person that got into the glory realm. You begin to get wise in this realm by killing beasts, mixing wine. What's mixed wine? Mixing your blood with his. Mixed wine, Proverbs 9, wisdom is mixing your blood with his. That's why you feel drunk. The Holy Spirit is the manifest bloodline of the Messiah. Holy Spirit's the blood of Jesus. Amen? Conceived him. That's what the Bible says. If something's conceived by it, that means you're born of that bloodline. Holy Spirit has a bloodline down here. And he's serious about it. Even if we're in unbelief and we don't understand what the heck's being talked about tonight at Joel's Bar. It is the truth. Anyhow, put it on repeat. Your spirit will get it before your brain will get it. Get crucified with it, which is begin to experience ecstasy through the piercings of Christ. These become your promised lands. You can't walk in love without these piercings. If you don't have a crown of thorns, you don't have a crown of life. Don't think you have a, a spear of Solomon's forest and the armor of Lebanon. Song of Solomon experience. I mean, you're fake, man, until you have the spear in your side. It's you're totally fake, hypocritical. 
the wrong mirror. You know what the mirror of the cross is? The crystal sea. Like a sea of glass, a sea that's a mirror. Instead of your reflection, now you're only in the reflection of Jesus Christ and Him crucified to death. You know, it's all about reflection. And the false has a reflection. It's the human soul. Oh, hallelujah. Give us wisdom tonight, Lord Jesus. That's a mirror you want to break. You want that to dissolve in the mirror of the crystal sea. Otherwise, you'll never see accurately. This is what he's dealing with in this people tonight. He wants us to grow in accuracy. The gifting here is enough to rule the world. Amongst those watching in the nations online, there's people watching from all over the world. Amongst these people that are elect and hand-selected and chosen to be here tonight, we could have a new Illuminati. And in fact, that's what the heavenly Sanhedrin calls you. A new Illuminati. A new illuminated deep state. A deep state of ecstasy. You know, a deep state of rapture. Don't get any deeper in that state. There's states of prayer. Rejoicing is a state of prayer. Jubilating is a state of prayer. Ecstasy is a state of prayer. And the highest state of a deep state is the state of rapture. We need to train our people how to live in the deep state, the deepest state of prayer, rapture, which is walking in heaven as a light being with a body down on earth emanating no longer this mirror. Oh, God forbid we have it when we're childish, we will. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I mirrored the child. I mirrored witchcraft. I mirrored the magic arts. Every single one of you did. This is the whole curse of the fall, which is religious witchcraft, coming out of everyone's souls. The bride only becomes the bride, if you read Ruth, through the threshing floor of the soul. Amen. A threshing sled with teeth, all gold teeth. We need gold teeth Jesus. Diamond teeth Jesus. He's coming with a grill. He's going to grill you. A threshing sledge with teeth. It's called in Isaiah. That's what the Word of God says. For your threshing floor. And it's only painful if you love your mirror instead of his mirror. If you love your accuracy instead of his accuracy. If you love your prophecy instead of his prophecy. If you love your soul instead of his soul. That's when this sledge of teeth becomes your enemy. It's the enemy of the horror of Babylon. It's the enemy of the immature Christians that, that hate the sea of glass. They hate the threshing floor. They hate the cross. They hate Jesus. It's true. They love the Jesus they've created in their own mirrors. You know, that's what the original curse of the fall is. So that's man's main easiest default is creating God, creating Jesus in their own image. That's what all these infants in Christ do when they get off of the track and off of the trail. They go out there and build a Jesus, a shrine. They become shriners, enshrining a Jesus in their own mirror. And they all have the same mirror. That's what cult is. Factions, divisions, fruits of the flesh, Galatians, Galatians 5. The cross doesn't allow that activity. But most of you still have some of that in you. So this is how you're going to mature. Different mirror. Okay? 
This is the deception of the curse of the fall. The mirror of the heart. There is a reflection there, guys, and it will even reflect the glory. It's exceedingly deceptive. The soul is the most deceptive part of you because it's invisible and has all the appearance of spirit, but is absolutely not spirit. The word of God separates spirit from soul. Soul is not spirit. Soul is not mirror. That is the realm of the curse of the fall. Those that follow the mirror of the soul, they call it the mirror translation. Look at the people that follow the mirror translation. They're soulish. They're in the wrong mirror. Oh, the fruit from it's been terrible. Terrible. Dealt with thousands of these people. Terrible fruit. Now, a different mirror. We get into this mirror translation. Might have to rewrite that translation because it's off and it's wrong. And the man, it's whoo. You need the mirror of the crystal sea. Then you stop getting into factions. Then you stop having divisions when you're on the same sea, looking into the same mirror. Hey Amen. You like you like when I do that that elongated word? I feel like Samuel L. Jackson. I see. Sometimes I'll be talking. I think I'll be taking impartation from different characters in movies. <laughs> Do you see Samuel Jackson? Yes. It's because I listened to the Experience Bible, and Samuel Jackson is the voice of Father God. I listened to that thousands and tens of thousands of hours. But now I got the Samuel L. Jackson anointing. It's good. <laughs> he's he's like the the master of the slaves in the panda, uh, plantation in Candyland, and he has that long drawn out, just the nastiest. Slave driver Samuel Jackson in the Candyland movie. Oh man, that was wild. But <laughs> there's that intensity. There's an authority there. There's a representation of authority. You know, all things to all people. It's okay to take on different appearances externally. Paul did it. He used his Roman citizenship. You know, once the inside's real purified and you got the right mirror in there, you're on the crystal sea. You know, wisdom's scandalous. Wisdom doesn't play by the rules. Wisdom has a different set of rules because it's a different authority. It's like when the Father's really in there, He supersedes all your little limitations of religion and things in your culture and what you think is good and evil. He don't care about any of that. God knows He's God and He's totally in charge and if he gets formed in you, you supersede a lot of the limitations that people with less confidence in the true sea of glass because they don't have a clue. They're stuck in just trying to be good. This ain't trying to be good. This is God the Father in a person's vessel. God the Father ain't trying to be good. He don't care what anybody thinks. He knows he's God. He often comes and makes himself look bad just to shock you out of the knowledge of good and evil and the curse of the fall. Jesus did that constantly. Jesus is spitting on the people. Jesus is doing the wildest stuff. He desecrated man's religion. And they were so in the devil, they thought it was the desecration of the covenant. They thought he was desecrating Moses. He speaks against Moses. He speaks against the temple. He said he's going to destroy the temple. He's destroying all of our traditions. He's destroying our culture. Yeah, he is. He's still doing it today. He wants to do it through you if you can get brave enough. Repent of all the cowardliness of people pleasing, tradition pleasing, ritual pleasing. He wants to really grow up in you and be himself. 
But first and foremost, he has to turn over your own money tables, which is the things and idols that you value in your life that most of you think that are a god, that are just the devil. It's true. You got to turn the whole heart over. I don't care what you think is in your heart is from God. Jesus needs to flip the table of the heart. It's not God until the heart's flipped and sacked into the crystal sea. He's coming with destruction towards your heart, which is agape love, the piercings. He wants to pierce your heart with an arrow of love. He's not here to heal your animal heart. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament, he's here to slay your animal heart so you're not an animal at all anymore. That you're fully divine. Angel Yahweh. Angel Yahweh. That's his name in the Bible, the angel of the Lord. Angel Yahweh. That's what's being formed in you. That's what the discipleship is. Angel Yahweh by the slaying of animal Yahweh. You know, animal Yahweh is the Antichrist. That my heart does not have to be slain and I could still be prophetic. False prophetic every every single time. You can be false, you can be fake, you can be a manipulator, you get into the magic arts. That's how you come into contract with the fallen angels, is having all the things of God, but your heart is not slain. That's as deceived as you can get. And that's, that's the norm out there, guys. And normal. So the people that are actually totally whacked in the heart, whacked like John Gotti whacked in the heart, are the ones really representing him. Amen. Everyone else, clueless. We need a people totally punctured like an ice pick through the, their beating hearts by the anointing. Like, I think I'm going to die. You see that with the young Christians that come into RLM? I think I'm going to die. I think I'm dying. Well, the sinful part of you is, but your spirit's more alive than ever before. And all the other young prophets and young apostles, I was looking at this group the other day, and the Spirit of God say, said to me, they're all apostles. Because you're discipled in the apostolic. The, you are apostles. You are prophets. I wish all my people are prophets. Don't just put Shadrach and me and Rebecca on a pedestal. That'll turn into a cult real quick. You're all getting trained up into the same city of kings and priests, lords and kings, which means apostles and prophets. And even the people that were in the church age that were faithful as pastors and teachers, you're going to get promoted. You will be promoted into the apostolic and the prophetic. You can't even become a son of God until you're totally apostolic, totally prophetic, operating as a prophet in the prophetic. You might not have started as prophets, but when the predestined foreordained prophets come and work in you, well, that seed germinates in you, and that seed is as prophetic as the prophet gets. It's Christ in you, the prophet. Jesus, the prophet. The spirit of prophecy. You don't have anything else in you unless it's a religious mirror. Unless it's a mirror just looking at the stage like a Nicolaitan <laughs> warlock. That's a Nicolaitan warlock looking at the stage. I'm down here just in the audience. You're up in the heavenlies, but your body's in the audience. You are all participating in this meeting tonight with the entire kingdom of angels. This is not a spectator sport. Your spirit has participated. If you believed one word of tonight's message, you were in the game. You have statistics. You have a trading card. Oh, a collector's item. Tops. 
and a starter jacket. You might get a Nike shoe contract after this. And new shoes. Pegasus for everyone. It's true. You need to understand the kingdom works in the spirit. We're knit together in love, the Bible says. The apostle is the mouth, and the prophet is the mouth of the body. And we got big mouths. We say a lot of wild stuff, but as it goes forth, every member in particular participates. Doesn't matter if you haven't left your house in 20 years. Some of you are just watching from the couch, from the bed, from the car. Your spirit has participated the whole time. You are, you are r racking in points. Racking up points. You're increasing in rank just by spiritual participation with the apostolic and the prophetic word. Amen. You're up there getting an increase. And you'll be used in different ways. And you'll go from glory to glory. Next season, different stats on your player's card. And the value, which is the riches and glory, of the card increases. I saw, I saw a trading card from... Yu-Gi-Oh or something. I can't, I don't know. It, it, but it was cool because this card was being sold on eBay. It was called the Blue-Eyed Dragon Whoa. for like one million three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. This is a this is a game card for a Pokemon. It was a Pokemon card. Did you know there's a Pokemon card worth one point three million dollars? And it's the blue-eyed dragon. I, I felt the spirit of prophecy all over there. So dragons are bad. No, dragons represent seraphim. The word seraphim is the English word dragons. Get a life, man. Satan's a counterfeiter. Satan has never had a... His dragons are fallen seraphim. They're not even dragons. The real dragons are the obedient seraphim, and they're two to one. So you're going to get into dragons as you mature in Christ because part of the God sperm genetics in you is seraphim. Seraphim is dragon. Not diabolical red dragon. Holy Ghost seraphim. And if you need to say seraphim instead of dragon, you are demon possessed. If you have a problem with the terminology, you got demons in you, man. You need deliverance from religious demons. Drive that stuff out of you. When you hear these shocking revelations that are true, it'll set your souls and your blood free. Amen. Hallelujah. Higher things of, of Christ, higher things of the glory are so offensive to the religious down below. You notice that? They just go crazier and crazier on us. They're like, what kind of crazy thing are they going to invent at Red Letter Ministries this season? Unicorn tongues and now it's into blue-eyed Pokemon dragons. Yeah, right. Well... No one said the prophetic was human. No one said the prophetic would fit in your box or that your carnal understanding or reasoning would understand any of it. It takes sacrifice to have angelic intelligence, which is the mind of Christ. Angel Yahweh's mind. I'd like to reiterate that God the Father doesn't have a brain. Archangel Gabriel, no brain. All the archangels are brainless. And they're a million times smarter than you. Because they don't they aren't limited to human intelligence or carnal intelligence. That's what's holding you back into spiritual intelligence is your value of animal intelligence. 
The carnal mind is the enemy of the spiritual mind, Romans 8. We'll end with that. Maybe. Might just go to 6 in the morning. Holy Ghost. Mm. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in the anointing of Jesus. Pretty bad for those outside of it. Who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. What's flesh? Heart and brain. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being. Isn't that great? The law of the spirit of life. You need that's the anchor for your soul into Christ in you. Christ is a, a law of life. There's a legalism that we need more of in the drunken glory to really grow up. Because it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> We're trying to get free, but you can only stay free with the law of freedom in Christ Jesus. Otherwise, your brain is just, it's like, I don't feel it anymore, and then you get into some other thing. Listen, when you're anchored with the Word, there's nothing more rock solid than the Word, you stay free. Him who the Son, who's the Son, the Word sets free, is free indeed. So only if the Word anchors the brain, the carnal mind, into the spirit mind, can you stay free? That's why people go up and down, they don't, they're not anchored. It was someone else's anchor that they enjoyed outwardly, but they didn't have themselves, so when they're alone, the temptations come of what's actually in them. So until the Word of God takes your brain and submits it and baptizes it into the holy place of your spirit, bowing before the throne in your spirit, the throne of the Word of God in your spirit, you won't have consistency. The only ones that are rock solid are the ones who have the anchor for their brain into their spirit in the river, faithful to the spirit and the word. And when the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one and the Lord is God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's talking about the spirit and the word as one. Hear, O Israel, the spirit and the word are one. You can't separate them. They're, they can't be separated. The separation there is just the wrong mirror, the wrong interpretation, anti-revelation. So when you get into the Spirit, you have to get into the Word. If you don't, you just leave the Spirit. You go back into your brain. You get lost again, get tempted again in your carnal senses and, and reasoning. Try to get into the knowledge of good by mental ascend ascending into heaven, which always ends up bad. They always weep and gnash their teeth, thinking they've earned their heights. Jesus Christ said that some people get so high through mental ascension, they'd even get into the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's a very high resurrected place that you can get into through magic arts. You deal with that every day. And Jesus, you have to come in through the cross. You can't come in through this mirror. You have to come in through the crystal sea. The mirror of the Lamb of God. The mirror of mercy. The mirror of grace. The mirror of His blood, His spirit, His word. Anyone that gets in any other way, there's just a matter of time before their fall. That's why their demons are going crazy. Because judgment begins in the house of God. A lot of people have built up their ministries illegally through a different mirror. And through a different mental ascension. There's a mixture. There's a mysticism mixture. They get into the mysticism, but it's in a wrong mirror. 
And so when someone raises a standard in the crystal sea mirror through actual crucifixion, which is the sheep gate to the Father, all that deceptive junk of the counterfeit of those who betrayed Red Letter Ministries, and it's a lot of people, they get judged by it, which is actually cleansed. We're going to judge them with a cleansing judgment. We're going to wash them. I know the temptation was greater than their faith. I watched them go and I understood why. Each time I had revelation why this person fell, why they did that, why they did that. You have This is how you grow in wisdom, dealing with the animals, shepherding the animals, dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff all the time, and this experience plus revelation knowledge equals wisdom. We've dealt with it hundreds and hundreds of times, and so you have a wisdom in dealing with the 11 brothers that don't have the same obedience to the pit in the prison and to the palace. Amen? Amen. You ain't getting to the palace except through pit and prison from others misunderstanding you. In the future, when the curse of the fall is gone, but it's not gone yet, we're in the climax of it right now, people will just all be in the palace, which is all living in the glory, all living in the spirit of truth, all in agreement that the word is king of kings and lord of lords, in the same spirit you know worldwide unity of the brethren is promised in the bible but it comes only through the destruction of the floods of the days of noah which means people are going to raise a standard of total misunderstanding of a wrong sea they have lakes they're like bodies of water they'll even be drinkers but it's a different water wormwood is a star that fell from heaven and polluted one third of the waters and one third of the waters died they pretend to be living waters from angels of light I've seen so many people get screwed up in the drunken glory, drinking the cups of demons because they just learned how to drink. Now when you learn how to drink, now you got to learn the word. And if you don't have the word, you'll be drinking the wrong stuff from the wrong altars. And Paul says they got spiritual, but they got spiritual from the altars of demons. Amen? So just because now that you're no longer carnal and you get revelatory, you get into the spirit, you get into the spirit through revelation. Now you really need the armor of God on because of the deception, just like the Southern Baptists warn you about. The spirit stuff has a lot of deception. They're right. They're right. It's safer for most people to not dive into the deep prophetic apostolic spiritual stuff deep in the spirit. It's You just stay out here and just have sound doctrine like Billy Graham who was never baptized in the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham never spoke in tongues. He was never baptized in the Holy Spirit. People say he's faithful to his calling. I don't know. He's 32nd degree Freemason. God bless him. That's all I gotta say. I know for a fact Billy Graham was a 32nd degree Freemason. Maybe he was one of those ones that didn't understand and he just was as faithful as he could. I'm not even gonna judge, but I do know some of this stuff. There's reasons why things are the way they are. And I'm not going to look into the curse. We're not going to go into all that. We're not going to go into white magic today. We're not going to go into evangelical sorcery. We're not going to go into shallow waters. We're not going to go into the sands. We're going to go deeper into the cross and crucify all of it. Because at this level, most people just get paranoid, fearful, and they start Googling stuff and get into unrighteous judgment instead of wisdom. What we really need is a much more maturity in wisdom. And wisdom tonight, the main message of what I want to convey in all of this is the destruction of the false mirror. Because until this mirror is shattered, you're not going to see the real mirror of the crystal sea in your spirit. You, a lot of you are deceived or bewitched by the enemy to clean up this mirror. 
And that's why there's problems in demon possession and fallen angel influence still dramatically in a lot of your lives. <laughs> Christians really deal with it. In Egypt and sorcery and Janus and Jambres and the snakes in the wilderness, all these things in the Bible that you're getting sanctified from. The fastest way to grow in Christ is the shattering of the soul's mirror. Just breaking the thing. Amen. Dash the nations. The word nations there is DNA. It also means heart. The bloodlines. The dashing of the nations to pieces like pottery. Don't put Humpty Dumpty together again. That thing, we live broken. Remember the alabaster box? Mary Company has learned to break the soul. She broke her soul and the contents of her soul to pour out the sacred spirit. She entered the spirit part of her. That's what's not taken from her. Mary stayed in the mirror of her soul and kept her soul intact and worked in religious works in the soul. It exposes all the works of the devil if you can get that revelation. We live broken before the Lord. We live poured out before the Lord. This alabaster box will never be put together. It stays broken. Our nations stay shattered to pieces like pottery by the iron scepter, which is the spirit of Jesus. Iron scepter is the spirit of Christ. And if it hasn't shattered the clay pottery of your heart, you have yet to discover heaven in you. And that's what's going to happen. You will discover heaven in you in the destruction of the human nature in you. The heart has to be destroyed for the heart of the Father. And to be a man and woman after God's own heart means you can't value your own heart anymore. You offer it up to the spear of Calvary. And it's literal. You will be pierced. And that part of you will die and fall off for Christ to be formed in you. And it won't be painful. It'll be pleasurable. That's how you begin to go into a deeper state of prayer. Through the piercings. You get pleasures through piercings, people. Amen. You ain't ever going to learn how to pray until you get pierced. It'll be babbling like the pagans. Be some kind of nonsense. But when you're pierced, oh, it's the very word of the Father that will come through your piercings. Why? Because everything else is dead. Everything else is killed. You won't have another plan B option to speak from. That animal in you will die. The beast in you will no longer speak, it is written. The flesh won't talk anymore. The heart won't talk anymore. The brain won't talk anymore. The bones won't talk anymore. But the voice of many waters will talk. Therefore, when everything else is destroyed through the piercings into pleasure, constant ecstasy, that'll be the evidence when you're living in continuous ecstasy. You sleep in ecstasy, you wake in ecstasy, you live in ecstasy through the piercings of Christ in your souls. This will happen. This is the way of the Lord. This is what he walked in. His joy was complete and perfected for the joy set before him. He went into the joy, ever-increasing joy, till the joy was perfect and overflowing. It is written, that's the way of the Lord. It's the way of ecstasy and piercings. That's the suffering for the glory of Romans 8. Amen? And when that is complete and overflowing, then you'll be an accurate temple of agape divine love. That is what it will take for you to rule in this John company who rests their head on his crucified heart. He put his head into the cross, into the crucified one. And where was he? At the cross. He was the only apostle at the cross. No other apostle was there. John was there of the 12. John was right there. He had already died with him on the cross. 
with, with his soul, in the spirit, by faith, by his love for him, he had been crucified with him. Amen? And notice that when Jesus is walking up Calvary, he entrusts his mother to John. Hmm. I believe it represents his mantle, the passing on of his mantle. Mm-hmm. His mother in prophetics is the Holy Spirit. So he's passing on his Holy Spirit mantle, which was an external white dove, onto his closest friend. He wants to make you his closest friend. There's a mantling of Christ. Amen. There's a mantling of Jesus of Nazareth. It's the seven spirits of God. He only shares that with his closest friends. Don't think every Christian walks in it. You have to be like John in the Bible to get that mantle. He'll give it to anyone that'll pay that price. Few, few, very, very few will. But notice those seven spirits of God require all those seven piercings of God to walk in it. And John's all about that. All about being totally slain and annihilated with the Lamb of God. He's the only apostle that calls Jesus the Lamb. Because it's a much different intimate realm of ecstasy through the sacrificial Lamb or Passover Lamb. Only those in the John company, and it is the Mary of Bethany company as well, and the other two Marys were there too, Jesus' mom and uh, Mary Magdalene. Three Marys and John makes up that John company at the cross. The ones that had pierced their hearts with him when it was physically happening. That's the holy place. That's the government of God. That's what God is forming in Red Letter Ministries. That's what we represent and that's our promised land. That's what we will grow in all the days of our lives. Amen? It's true and it's going to get better and better. When you make this understanding your promised land, your life can only get better constantly. When you have revelation that this is where we're going, vision, I am going to grow in this John and Mary company of the cross until my love is overflowing toward everyone on the mercy seat. You have made the ultimate perfection of Christianity God's plan for your life. You can do other things. There's good and acceptable. But this is that which is perfect. This is the standard of Jesus. This is the love of Jesus. This is the Lamb of God's glory. The glory of the Lamb. Only those, notice marriage of the Lamb, the terminology of the marriage supper Lamb and the marriage of the Lamb is only from John. No other apostle talks about it. Not, I think Paul might talk about it once, but I bet he got it from John. <laughs> but this terminology of marriage and the bride of Christ is a Johannine concept. It is. It came out of John's spirit. There's Bible college theology coming out. We might just put my diploma up here on time. All my credentials to teach. <laughs> Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Johannine. Oh, man. Somebody, I repent. Somebody probably just lost the anointing off their life. Started talking with theological terms like that. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. We thank you for a people getting perfected in love through the piercings of Jesus Christ in this place. We want to embrace all the piercings of Christ in our feet, in our hands, in our head, in our heart, and upon our back. We ask for all the piercings of Jesus. 
We ask for the seven spirits of God. We know it comes with the cost of the seven piercings of God. And we say yes and just confess, I will pay that price for for that anointing. Amen. You're here for sonship training. Otherwise, go to some other ministry. This is why we're here. The seven spirits of God costs you the seven piercings of God. So you will you will pay that price. And just consider the cost before you go to war. That's what Jesus said. That it would it's gonna cost you your humanity. And it might seem like a high price, but it's reasonable. And it becomes enjoyable. It becomes extremely pleasurable. This is the path of ecstasy and the path of rapture, the deepest state of practicing the presence, the maximum measure of perfection and the hundredfold of Christ is the total and complete annihilation by the seven spirits of God that only grow in you through the seven piercings of God in the interior castles of your soul. And so we we want that seven spirits of God, but understand how you get it with his piercings, which is growing in mercy. And as you grow in the piercings, you're going to be tested to see, are you going to really be crucified with him? Are you going to be enthroned with the Lamb of God and the Lamb of God's nature? Or are you going to get bitter with those throwing bitterness on you? Are you going to get into gossip with those gossiping about you? Are you going to get into the slander and all the works of the flesh and the soulish animals going crazy out there, demon-possessed? They're wild animals. The wild animals have the, the rulership of the fallen angels, the Bible says. Wild animals are controlled by the powers of the air and the principalities. The wandering stars. These are wild animals everywhere. Are you going to let the wild animals distract you? Are you just going to be totally annihilated with even more piercings? This is the path of the Lord. This is why this gospel and this ministry is attacked. Because you're, there's a revelation about everything. There's a wisdom of the ages here. To crucify everything. So that you're only in Christ. Perfected in divine love. Which raises the standard of judgment upon all spiritual enemies of Jesus in all the earth. All it takes is your maturity in what I'm teaching tonight to end demons on earth. <laughs> Truth anyhow, if you go all the way with what I preach today, earth becomes a demon-free zone. <laughs> Amen. And we just thank you for a people signing up for that class, going to that college, going to that school, the school of the spirit. The school of the piercings of Christ, the school of Calvary, the school of the cross, and the school of Christ, the Holy Spirit, teaching us, and the school of the fivefold, and ones that have learned that have gone ahead of us. Amen. The school of the kingdom. Amen. We just thank you for a people enrolled. And we just thank you for a smaller dropout rate. Keep these young ones in class in kingdom class. Bro, there's nothing else to do with your life anyhow. Don't let the demon be your, your mentor for a season. Don't let the religious spirit be your mentor to poverty spirit, the disobedient rebellious spirit. Crucify all of it. If you don't understand, crucify your understanding. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge the Holy Ghost and he will direct your schooling. He will direct your classrooms. And you go from class to class, start getting C's and B's and A's. Pretty soon you got a little genie 4.0 on your letterman's jacket in Glory University in Heavenly Jerusalem. Like, oh, you're on the varsity team now. 
growing rank, your trading card has better stats this season. Yeah, doing better in glory school. Why? Because you learn from your mistakes and you don't repeat them anymore. You get smarter as you mature in Christ. The divine intelligence, the mind of Christ rising in your heart. You're not a dumb animal anymore. Amen? You're a wise angel. You have the wisdom of Jesus and His cross piercing the stupid parts of us that were going towards sin and religion and lust and all kinds of dumb stuff that kills ourselves. All that stuff just burns off of you. You grow in divine intelligence all the time. Amen. Amen. The funnest thing is to mature in Christ. And you gotta stay in glory school to mature in Christ. You gotta stay faithful in the season of training you're in. You can't skip a grade, you stay in the grade you're in, you pass your classes, you pass your tests, you learn what the Spirit's teaching you. Hear what the Spirit says to the church as you hear, you listen, you obey, you grow in wisdom, and it steers your spirit, your inner man, and your soul into different dimensions from glory to glory. And if you can stay in school and learn the ways of the Lord, you'll always go from glory to glory. And that's what we want all of you to do. Learn the ways of the Lord. The way of the Lord. Another name for Christianity in the first century. Learn the way. This is the way, walk in it, Isaiah says. Learn the way of Jesus. Walk in it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and get accurate. Go into higher places and teach from your experiences and multiply wisdom to everyone around you. Train up the children in which the way they should go when they're older. They won't depart from it because they've learned the way. They've learned how to ascend through the cross and the piercings of Christ and religion is obliterated in your bloodlines. No one's ever gonna serve the devil and sorcery and sin and idolatry ever again within your bloodlines. The curse ends with you because of such a feast of revelation and grace and empowerment to obey in obedience in the revelation for a greater intoxication and celebration in the United States nation. Amen. And every other nation too. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bless you guys. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the mountain of God. Rest for our souls on this mountain of our crosses. Disciples, all of us with our own crosses on this one mountain of our same Heavenly Father. You begin to have a deep love for the brothers and sisters on this mountain because you've all carried your crosses and it's a part of His cross. So there's a wisdom in you of Jesus. That's your fellowship one to another, and it's sweet on the mountain. We thank you, Father, for intensifying the fellowship, more friendship on the mountain, more real Christians with more real crosses of people rising on this mountain. This mountain is the harvest of the end times of the billion soul harvest. This mountain is the, the great awakening of the whole world. There's only one mountain. This is Zion. This is the mountain of God in this place, in our hearts, that has devoured our souls through crucifixion and the piercings of Christ. And it will be demonstrated and preached and realized to millions in this great harvest. In Jesus' name, bless you guys. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Support this ministry. God loves cheerful givers. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down and running over. <laughs> Amen. Get excited about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give to the Lord and He will give to you. It is written. Time to get generous. Time to get cheerful in your giving. Time to get thankful in your giving. 
Time to partner with your end time apostles and build the kingdom more than anything else you've been doing beforehand. And all get forgiven you as you build the kingdom and join the army of the Lord with your financial partnership. That's what most of you can do is completely fuel Joel's army. You can fuel the apostles and prophets and the works of the apostles and the full-time Levites working in the temple while you're in the marketplace. This is how your marketplace becomes as lethal as the apostleship and full-time ministry. Do you understand how lethal it is to fuel the apostolic full-time priests, the high priests of the Melchizedek order, with the marketplace is a partnership made in heaven that is equally lethal. It's called the second pillar of the temple. Jachin and Boaz is what made up Solomon's temple. Jachin was a priest, Boaz a businessman. When they're partnered together, this temple rules the world because Boaz in the marketplace hasn't really partnered yet with the apostolic of the Jachin. That's why we're still under governors and tutors until the appointed time of maturity. Bring the Boaz in the marketplace and partner with the Jachin and the priests in Red Letter Ministries and watch the kingdom advance more than you've ever seen before in your entire lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory. Yo. Sure. 